Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. This is Paul. And welcome again, once again, to another very exciting episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. You know, Paul, you can't open up your news browser this week without seeing something sordid about Star Trek. What? Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I was shocked, shocked to my foundations to find that Robert Picardo, Star Trek Voyager's The Doctor, um, his estranged wife is A, a meth head, and B, is accused of ordering a murder. A murder that actually happened, not just an attempted murder. So, (laughs) accused of ordering a murder. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I see, I feel like I I could possibly get in trouble for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the difference is, is does it actually get carried out? No, I don't have that much. I don't have that kind of money. I don't have I mean, Robert I, Picardo I, money. <laughs> I, that that those fat stacks of Voyager cash. Yeah. I, yeah, I was just shocked. I mean, you know, and there's pictures of him and her, and they both look like normal people. And I, I love Robert Picardo. I think I think he's hysterical. I, I loved him as the Doctor in Voyager. He was one of the shining stars of Voyager, in my opinion. Um, but I was a little shocked to see that. And then, of course, the the <laughs> the story that has engulfed. The world this week, of course, is Anthony Rapp's attestation that when he was uh, a 14-year-old actor, I guess in New York City, he attended a uh, uh, after-hours party with Kevin Spacey, and after everyone left the party, a 26-year-old Kevin Spacey inappropriately put the moves on him and, and tried to apparently pressure him into sex. Yeah... Yeah. And so and as a consequence, we have seen that uh, House of Cards season four, I believe, has gone on hiatus, that they stopped filming while Netflix tries to figure out what the F they're going to do. We have seen uh, other Star Trek luminary, uh, Zachary Quinto, come out and, uh, uh, you know, challenge Kevin Spacey. And, and, you know, tell, say that you know, it was not appropriate for him to, to come out as gay at the same time as apologizing uh, for having sexually harassed Anthony Rapp, even though he didn't remember doing so. And I think that's so, fair. I mean, I, I think uh, I think it was ill timed. I, I, you know, I it's it's funny to me that. Uh, well, no, I guess none of this is funny, but um, it, it's rather tragic, right? It's, it, it is rather tragic. You know, Kevin Spacey esteemed. Uh, actor, I, I think this is something that was, it, it's, it's one of those things that when it came out, I will say I genuinely wasn't surprised. Uh, which what, which part? Uh, I, am not from, I, I will, I, a full honesty, full disclosure. I am not familiar with Anthony Rapp's previous works. 
Um, but the, the, that Kevin Spacey has um, like a, a, a dark aspect to mm-hmm. him. Um, I'm not surprised. You know, I, I there have been uh, it, it's it, Brian Singer happened to be trending um, after Kevin Spacey's <laughs> news came out. And anyone familiar with the Brian Singer accusations from a couple of years ago would yeah, probably. And Brett, I'm sorry. And Brett Ratner as well. And Brett Ratner as well. Yeah. Would probably yeah. not uh, be surprised to hear that Kevin Spacey, you know, given his association with Brian Singer, was probably into kind of the same type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it is tragic that, you know, that that seems so prevalent in Hollywood. But you do hear um, that the um, I don't want to call it abuse, but I guess harassment or, or perhaps even abuse uh, of young male actors is rather prevalent in, mm-hmm. in Hollywood or at least has been in the past. You know, I one of my things. I'm they were in a play together. I I forget which play uh, that Anthony Rapp and Kevin Spacey uh, were in together. But uh, you know, I'm like, what in the hell is a 14 year old kid doing out at a grown up drinking party where people are drunk? I mean, you know, uh, according to accounts, you know, folks were hammered at this thing, right? Um, I. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I mean, I understand that the the acting world and the theater world is very different from, you know, uh, from the rest of us. But who was who who was watching the kid? Not that that excuses anything, any of that alleged behavior. Right. Yeah. But somebody should have been watching the 14 year old. I who don't is disagree. Re- right. It's it's, yeah. you know, I think. And, and it's like I said, Anthony Rapp's uh, situation is far from um, unique in that world. Uh, but I think Hollywood, to your point, it, it operates on a different level. I mean, you think about Drew Barrymore, um, you think about all these kids, you know, there are kids who, who grow up, uh, generally well-adjusted when there are kids who get wrapped up in that adult lifestyle, hanging out with the older people, drunk, uh, drugs. Um, you know, there, there's a far cry between Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe. For example, right? I mean, you know, Emma Watson has grown up well adjusted. She, you know, she's a UN ambassador. And then you have Daniel Daniel Radcliffe, who got into drugs and, um, you know, went into rehab a little bit. So I, I think, and and same movie, but just different lifestyles. You know, different right. ways of 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 dealing with the fame. You know, for every Drew Barrymore, you know, you you get an, another child actor who did grow up relatively okay. You get a Kurt Russell. You know, Kurt Russell. Um, you know, he, he, he didn't, to my Good knowledge, point. you know, that kid, that guy didn't grow up and, and turn into, you know, and, and have these experiences, at least that he's come out with, or, you know, he, he seems, he seems well adjusted for his age. Right. Yeah. And he was a child actor, truly a child actor and grew up in Hollywood. Um, so I think it's just one of those situations that it's Christian Bale's another one. Christian Bale was a mm-hmm. child actor, grew up, um, you know, uh, I mean, he, he has anger issues. Um, but I, I think it's one of those things that I think it's a, it depends on, um, how involved parents are, how involved, um, you know, how that child, uh, is, deals with the fame and quite frankly, the company they keep. And this is not, this is not, I don't mean to say that, that, you know, Anthony Rapp chose poorly by hanging out with Kevin Spacey because I'm not not blaming the no, yeah, I'm not no, blaming no. the victim at all. I'm, no, you know, and and one is inclined to believe the allegation in that Kevin Spacey apologized so quickly, right? Yes. Um, you know, so I'm inclined to believe that it happened. Um, but you know, there's a there's an easy way to make sure that your 14 year old doesn't get uh, sex, sexually assaulted or harassed at you know an after cast party. 
Uh, and that's by making sure that your 14 year old is, you know, a supervised by a responsible adult. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, where the hell was mom and dad? Where the hell was his legal guardian uh, in that circumstance? Doesn't excuse anything that Kevin Spacey may or may not have done. And I have to say, this breaks my heart. I love Kevin Spacey. I love House of Cards. I love almost every performance he's ever had. Uh, I think the world of him, or at least I did, you know, he has the Kevin Spacey Foundation where his, you know, what he says is if you have made it to the top, it's your responsibility to send the elevator back down to help the next person come up. And so he funds all of these different uh, uh, activities to help bring young actors up. Um, and I, you know, I've seen, you know, I've seen, uh, the videos of the, of the, of the program and the foundation. And he just always seemed to be a classy guy mm-hmm. in my experience, not so much, you know, uh, <laughs> this week, but you know what I hope, and again, this is, I have, I have no evidence, you know, to support this other than just what, what my heart wants. Right. Is that maybe that was the actions of an idiot 20 year old. Right. Yeah. You know, an idiot, an idiot in his 20s. And maybe over the last 30 years, he is a different, better person. And maybe that's why he started such a foundation. You know, I hope that there is, you know, again, given the fact that he apologized, uh, given the fact that he kind of owned it, even though he kind of, you know, dicked it up by by throwing the, by, by coming out at long last, yeah. even though I don't think that was a surprise to anybody. No. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I, I, I. I want to believe that there is the person of the high character there that I always believed that there was. Um, you know, this is has we, we are in a generation where our our heroes are disappointing us uh, more so than I think ever before. I mean, you know, Bill Cosby, you know, America's dad uh, is is clearly a horrible, horrible human being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we have always been given to believe that he was this, you know, paragon of morality. Uh, so much so that he was schooling Eddie Murphy uh, back in the '80s about you know you probably shouldn't cuss so much in your act. You probably ought to, you know you got to represent better. And uh, you know I remember you know Eddie Murphy you went off on him about that. But uh, you know the and and the problem I guess is that we put people on pedestals and they shouldn't be on pedestals. But I, it hurt me to hear those you know comments from Anthony Rapp. And again, victims should come forward. Absolutely. And I think, you know, here's the thing. If if some people would, would, you know, kind of feel like nowadays is a witch hunt, right? That it's a bit of, hey, this happened 30 years ago, um, you know. Uh, and you know what? Where where does the line get drawn? And I and you know, quite frankly, I think that if we are, I while it devastates me to hear some of these things about my favorite actors or directors or whomever um, is involved in this. Quite frankly, if you know if people are abusing other people or making other people feel uncomfortable, uh, you know, and and it, then they truly don't deserve the fame that they have. And mm-hmm. so I, I while I while it makes me sad, um, you know, uh, to hear these things. You know, I feel it's a little different than, you know, when you hear, for example, like you may not agree with an actor's political affiliation, um, right. you know, and, and so you're like, ah, you know, Sean Penn, I'm not that's that guy, but I love his movies, but I just can't listen to him talk politics. You know, this is a little different. This is someone who, you know, who, who, who you know, might have tried to force themselves upon a 14 year old child. That's that's quite a bit different than disagreeing with their you know political affiliation or, or religious beliefs. You know, these are people who are genuinely um, who could have. And this is Anthony Rapp who came out and spoke up 
That's, you right. know, um, if if the accusations against Brian Singer are believed, this could be a lot worse. Um, you know, not necessarily for Anthony Rapp, but for someone else who who may not be popular or in the limelight or have come forward yet. Uh, you know, the, these are things that, that have happened and, and have been accused before of people, you know, associated with Kevin Spacey. So, um, you know, it's devastating to hear. Um, I, I, I think... Though I'm not familiar with, like I mentioned, not familiar with Anthony Rapp, um, he is certainly a highlight of Star Trek Discovery, and um, you know he has certainly had a, a healthy career, being one of the um, the original cast members of Rent and everything else that he's uh, you know gone on to do. So I, I hope that well, regardless, he he's you know he finds um, a comfort in his life now, and uh, you know the past is behind him. And he is certainly at the center of this week's episode. Yes, uh, I found that fair, very interesting because I yeah. I don't know if that's why he was in the interview because this is a Stamets Stamets is that his name Yeah Stamets that, Yeah that this is a Stamets focused episode or if it was just coincidence um, you know because I mean these episodes were filmed a long time ago it's not like it was timed uh, that way but um, you know perhaps that's I don't remember exactly what the interview was about uh, but yeah very very heavily Stamets focused episode this week on magic to make the sanest man go mad and I know that feels like a not transition given the last topic <laughs> that we talked about um, but you know I feel like uh, you know it, it is a proper lead and given that he was so prevalent in this episode and so this episode featured the return of Harry Mudd uh, from you know, a couple because- of episodes because he's been he's been away from us for so long, it was time for his heroic return. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I when he came back, I was like, "Wow, already!" Like, yeah, it seemed fast. Yeah, that, that, that was quick. How did he get out of Klingon jail so fast? Yeah, you know, when people the other day were like, you know, when people a couple of weeks ago were like, "Damn, that Lorca!" You know, I wonder when he's, you know, when that's going to come back to bite him, leaving Harry Mudd in the past or leaving Harry Mudd in, in jail. Well. About two weeks yeah. later is, yeah, is your right. answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, Aaron, uh, let's uh, let's hear your thoughts on magic to make the sanest man go mad. Well, can I first say that you know that the sh- the show title, uh, "Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad," is from the Iliad, um, and I gotta tell you, I don't know about you, Paul, but I'm finding the episode titles for Star Trek Discovery to be a little pretentious. I, I, I concur. I feel they are unnecessarily, um, you know, uh, I, I, while I appreciate literary references and I appreciate a the theme, I do find that these are, um, quite frankly, a little silly. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a little bit, a little bit self-important. <laughs> Just, you know, and on the one hand, I like that they that they have sort of fallen into a style of titling, because if you've ever if you've ever paid attention to the titles of previous Star Trek episodes, there are episodes that share the same titles, right? There are are episodes of Voyager that are the same title as, for instance, an episode of, of Next Generation, and it's because the writers aren't paying attention to, to episodes that have come before them. And, you know, they just, that, that's my show title, you know? Um, and so I appreciate that there is a theme, you know, back on the, on the, on Jerry Seinfeld show, Seinfeld, um, you know, he, he, he had very short titles, right? You know, it was just, you know, uh, there, there was a, uh, uh, you know, a, a real short mechanism to, to do his titles because he didn't want his writers wasting a bunch of time thinking about how uh, uh, the titles were going to work. Didn't want a bunch of clever titles. Spend your time writing comedy, not on uh, titling your show. Um, 
But you know, we're, we're spending. It seems like we're spending some time titling our episodes. That said, um, this episode, I my my first few moments of this episode, I was like, oh, I think I liked this episode better when it was called Cause and Effect on the Next Generation. Uh, because it is very much that same episode where, you know, we're reliving the same segment of time uh, over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting frustrated by that because I'm like, oh, come on, this didn't work. You know, when uh, Roddenberry was stealing scripts from the original series and just rebranding them for the first season of, of Next Generation, that was not successful. And as such, we have maybe one decent episode in the first season of Next Generation. Uh, but this this did take a turn. And, you know, one of the things that that I liked about it is that it made a little more sense on the fix. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But the episode takes place for whatever reason, there's a party on Discovery. Seems like your admiral just gets kidnapped by a bunch of Klingons. Maybe not the time to throw a hoedown, but we throw a party on Discovery. Yeah. A little, a, a, a little dance party. Or we play some music from the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> Seems a little inappropriate to me, but okay. Uh, it does provide a nice opportunity to, to see the lighter side of Michael Burnham, mm. who, you know, is has got to be the biggest dull dud on in, on the ship, right? I mean, Well, you I know, also appreciate that everyone's drinking and then, you know, they're called to the bridge. And it's like, yeah, right. well, we, we've been drinking, so I don't know that you want me, I, I want you piloting my starship. Yeah, and I think this is decades before Synthahol, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they're all hammered operating, you know, heavy machinery. Uh but yeah, you know, we, we go to the bridge, we find out there's a Gormagander out there, Paul. You got to catch them all. You got to get the Gormagander. <laughs> <laughs> so the Gormagander and, and a, 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 a species on the uh, United Federation of Planets uh, endangered list. He looks sick, you know, probably ate something that doesn't agree to him. And so, you know, instead of piloting around him, there there is a general order that they got to take care of the Gormagander and trans, transfer it to a safer location. And so they beam the Gormagander aboard and out pops uh, in, in, a, in an antenna bug helmet. I didn't understand why the bug helmet, but the bug helmet was kind of cool. Um <laughs> was, uh, you know, uh, our good friend Harcourt Fenton Mudd uh, shooting people to death. Yeah. <laughs> which which seems a little out of character for, for, for Harry Mudd. Um, I, I was a little surprised by that, you know, when, when, the, re when the reveal came out that it was Harry. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he was just, you know, he was very comfortable killing people. And, uh, you know, he's marching through the ship just doing terrible things to folks, uh, killing Captain Lorca. 53 times, according to Harry Mudd, yeah. he's killed uh, Captain Lorca. Um, and the whole idea is that he, he's trying to steal technology uh, from Discovery. He's trying to figure out, like a Packlid, he's trying to figure out what makes it go. He's looking for things to, to – he's looking for things to make him go or in this situation, looking for, th for the thing that makes Star Trek Discovery go, meaning that what he's really looking for is Stamets and uh, Stamets – and here's the thing that I like so much about this episode is that in cause and effect, the next generation episode, Data is the one who figures things out because there is a temporal echo in his programming, right? And he's able to communicate a few uh, – you know, a second's worth of data or something uh, over, the ch over this temporal echo. 
which just seems like bullshit to me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> As time is repeating, you know, data can communicate, you know, a, 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 a small pulse of information uh, to his himself in the next timeline. Well, in this situation, because Stamets has exposed, exposed himself to the spores and, you know, uh, I, I guess he's taken on some of the DNA of the uh, tardigrade, um, he actually, you know, becoming that, you know, third level guild navigator, a mm-hmm. la Dune, yes. he exists out of uh, uh, linear time. He experiences time differently than we do. Um, which is, you know, a trait that he has to have in order to manipulate the ship and, and transport it wherever it needs to go. So he is experiencing each and every one of these time resets, just like Harry is, but he doesn't have the benefit of Harry's technology. He's got spores. I thought that was a brilliant way to work that. Um, you know, if you're going to tell that story, make it work with the characters that you've got as opposed to just, you know, well, we've got an android. The android's got to be able to – got to be special about it. Certainly he can hear a temporal echo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I, I found that I appreciated that aspect of the episode. To my point earlier about Stamets and Anthony Rapp, I thought this was a standout episode for his character. Yeah, I thought he had a great uh, – I, I thought he had some great moments in the show. I enjoyed – this episode. Um, however, I do have some problems with it and we always have problems with the star Trek discovery episode. So <laughs> I, I'm going to go into my problems with the star Trek discovery episode. One we've already mentioned, which is that they have, um, a, a, a drunken disco party, um, after the Admiral's been kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. Just seems, seems a little, um, a little too, uh, you know, uh, lighthearted. Uh, the second is that about halfway into the episode, even though they're in a temporal loop that finds them dying every half hour, all of a sudden the the episode takes a turn towards romantic comedy. And, oh, right, yeah. You know, um, Stamets is teaching Burnham how to dance, and Burnham dances with Tyler, and then they kiss, and it's about the awkwardness and overcoming that and the romantic can comedy I, aspect. And I'm like, what? Can we take a break about that for just a moment? Yes. Have you ever taken dancing lessons? I have not. I have taken ballroom dancing lessons. What? And, and let me tell you, it ain't that easy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just pick it up. <laughs> it, 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 well, you know. Unless you're, unless you're some kind of dancing savant, and I don't believe Michael Burnham is, you don't pick it up that fast. You never know. She's She she is, has been raised by Vulcans. You never know. The, the, dancing, the, the dancing fools that are Vulcans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, Sarek, he can cut a rug. He's yeah. on dan- dancing with Star Trek. <laughs> dancing with the Star Trek. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I had I had some qualms about that there there was a, a about a, t- a good 10 minutes of the show that all of a sudden got very lighthearted. Um, you know, in regards to dealing with this romance, this uh, you know, burgeoning romance between Burnham and Tyler. Um, and then the way the episode wraps up um, you know, the, the, you know, to Aaron's point, uh, earlier in the episode, uh, you know, um, Harry Mudd is, is killing people. He has at least 53 times blown up the discovery, killing everyone on board. Now the excuse could be made. He knew he was in a temporal loop and so it didn't matter what he did. However, if he had gotten his solution the first time, he would have been fine. You know, he, he would have he would have still had all those people murdered. Um, mm-hmm. So given the fact 
of all that murder, all that bloodletting and, and, and all that, I felt like the resolution was a bit bloodless. Plus, he's at a time of war trying to steal vital technology. And let's not forget that, it, that he's trying to sell Federation citizens into slavery. Yeah. You know, because he's like, oh, you know, it's it's a, it's it'll be a life of servitude for all of you. Uh, why? Well, you know, it seems like a fitting pu- punishment is to assign him to a loveless marriage. Yeah, exactly. They just turn him <laughs> over to his ex-wife. Like, um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe stick him in prison. <laughs> you know, um, it is a time of war, and the guy should be a POW. He is working for the Klingons. Like, how you're just do- turning him back over. How does the Lorca we know? From from six previous episodes, not kill him. Agreed. You know, that that was mine. I was like, I can't understand why Lorca would let him off the ship. I mean, and Lorca why would you legit why would he, left his lover in the hands of the Klingons knowing right. they eat people? <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I mean, why wouldn't you tear that time travel technology from him and help you use that to help you in your issues with the, with the Klingons? Yeah. I mean, there, there's, so, I mean, there are gaping holes in the reasoning here, mm. and the fact that you've just got him, yeah, you know, just make sure we never see him again, you know, until the original series comes comes along in ten years, um, <laughs> you know. I mean, it, it was interesting to meet Stella because you know we meet her in the uh, uh, original series Star Trek episode uh, I Mud, you know, we meet the the android version of her, and let me tell you, she doesn't age well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, this makes the fifth appearance, Paul, of the mud character. I'm not sure if you knew that or not, but, you know, there was the earlier appearance in Star Trek Discovery, this one. Plus, there is the episode Mud's Women, where he is uh, selling women to, uh, you know, uh, dilithium miners. Mm-hmm. And then there's the episode that I just mentioned, I Mud, where it's uh, Mud finds a planet of beautiful androids. And then the uh, animated series episode, uh, Mud's Passion, I think that one's called. So five episodes that we've seen uh, Harry Mud in now. And in this one, he was a murderous bastard who got off light, basically. Yeah. Um, I felt yeah, like, I, I, like I said, I, 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 the ending felt like a Next Generation episode ending. It didn't feel like a Discovery episode ending. Well, you know, it kind of felt it, it kind of felt like an old 70s show where we all, you know, an old 70s cop show where we all just laugh at the end of the episode. Right. Yeah. And freeze frame. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, bother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Know. And, uh, you know, the, you've got this burgeoning romance between Burnham and, and Tyler and and Tyler is his name. Right. Yes. I'm Tyler. And I got to say, you know, I, I we talked a little bit about this last week that, you know, the 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 rumors on the Internet, the speculation on the Internet is that Tyler is a Klingon spy and I don't buy it. I unless the writers are playing really unfair with the audience, I don't buy that he's a, a Klingon spy. I might buy he's a Klingon sleeper agent that he doesn't know that he's got some sort of back programming. You know, mm-hmm. but I don't buy that he is a you know surgically altered Klingon by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. I would find it odd that he was basically going, you know, that he's been murdered multiple times by Harry Mudd in this episode. You know, that that seems like that wouldn't happen if he was, you know, if he was actually a Klingon spy. Yeah. But to your point, you know, they could be just playing unfair, but. I, I, I'm starting, but I, maybe that's the point, Aaron. Maybe they don't want us to believe that he works for the Klingons. We will see eventually, I'm sure. It, it, there is a, there's still suspicion there. 
Well, I, I, I'm, there's no doubt in my mind that there are things that we don't know about him because, you know, that's just good writing, right? Yeah. But I don't – and like I said, I would buy, totally buy Sleeper Agent. Totally buy that. You know, some kind of uh, you know Manchurian candidate kind of thing. Um, but I don't buy that he's a surgically altered Klingon. I, if, if, uh, if they do that to me, Paul, I'll probably have to rage quit. Ah, uh, no, you uh, won't. If yeah. you haven't rage quit by now. <laughs> so paul yes sir thumbs up thumbs down on this episode i'll give it a thumbs up um I, I, I find that i enjoyed the episode maybe not as much as some of the previous episodes but i found it was a, it was still a, a good episode i enjoy some of the character moments i enjoy the softening of um burnham's character i enjoy seeing tilly drunk um so i enjoyed it and there's actually a couple of quick things I want to chat about before we wrap up today. Well, we, we okay, okay, super, but, super fast. Okay, okay. <laughs> you sound concerned. All right. Well, I am. I I don't see it on. I don't see it on the on the outline, Paul. Well, I'm concerned. First of all, I want to follow up on last week's episode where we talked about the new issue of Star Trek Boldly Go. Um, oh yeah, issue eight, I believe, um, yes. from IDW Publishing, which is the start of the new. Um, I-D-I-C? Yeah, Edic. Edic. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations, Paul. Aptly titled, it's the Edic is the uh, is the uh, philosophy of infinite diversity and infinite combinations uh, of the Vulcans, but it's aptly titled because it's telling a multi-universe, multi-reality sort of story. Exactly. And so, you know, based on your recommendation, I picked it up and I will say I enjoyed it quite a bit. It is uh, it's basically crisis on multiple Earths, uh, Star Trek style. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's it is a very fun storyline set in the uh, Kelvin verse. Um, if you enjoy stories set in that universe, definitely check it out. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun and beautifully drawn. Uh, yes, absolutely. And the other thing I want to mention, which is... Um, I will put a link on iomgeek.com um, so you guys can check it out. Um, Gizmodo this week, uh, you know, it, it's the io9 um, news site. Now, we know, uh, for anyone who watches Star Trek Discovery regularly, and if you don't, while you're listening to the show, that Jeff Russo is the official composer for Star Trek Discovery. However, at one point, Star Trek VI composer Cliff Eidelman was in consideration um, based on the recommendation of um, Nicholas Meyer. Nicholas Meyer recommended Eidelman uh, to Brian Fuller when Brian Fuller was on the show. Um, so uh, Nicholas Meyer had worked on a couple of... Uh, proposals for the, the, the Star Trek Discovery theme. Um, however, once Brian Fuller left, uh, Nicola, uh, Brian Edelman, uh, not Brian Edelman, I'm sorry, um, Cliff Edelman. Uh, Cliff Edelman uh, was off the project as well. Um, however, he enjoyed the music that he put together so much, these these proposed Star Trek Discovery themes, that he, um, he has released um, kind of a short album, an EP of these two songs on Spotify. It's called Into the Unknown. And it's kind of a peek into the theme that could have been. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about the theme for Star Trek Discovery and the, the opening sequence uh, on a previous episode of this show. Um, so I'm going to put the link on iomgeek.com. Uh, Check it out um, if you are interested in kind of uh, what the Brian Fuller, had Brian Fuller stayed on the project, what the Cliff Edelman theme could have been. You know, I uh, I tried to listen to that when you sent me the link earlier in the week, Paul, and... Uh... 
apparently you have to have a, a Spotify login. Yeah, and then and that, I will tell you, Spotify logins are, are easy to come by. I think you can log in using your Gmail or your Facebook account type thing, and, and then you're just automatically in there like swimwear. Uh, it, just, it, it, it just seemed like a lot of work on my part. It is. It is. Yeah. You have to download an app and stuff, but it's yeah. – if, if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it if you're interested in these themes. Hey, Paul, in case you're keeping count, we are two episodes away from the mid-season break. Yeah, and so that actually brings up something that I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, Another thing that's not on the outline, Aaron. And it's, you know, it's it's like you're piloting without longitude. You got your latitude going, but you don't got your longitude. I think that's a fair Just assessment of my life. Crazy, um, crazy pants time is what we're doing here, Paul. Crazy pants time. Crazy pants. Well, obviously, next week we'll be talking about the seventh episode. Eighth episode. Eighth episode of Star Trek Discovery. So we have – Numbers are hard, I understand. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so next week we'll be dis- discussing the eighth episode of Star Trek Discovery, um, you know, and following that, the ninth episode of Star Trek Discovery. And then they are going on hiatus until the new year. However, we would like to keep the conversation going, the Star Trek conversation going in the, uh, you know, the off season, uh, you know, perhaps either talking about comics or books or something, you know, news related to the Star Trek world. If you guys are interested in seeing that, reach out on our social media feeds at Ideology of Madness, at IOM Paul, at Aaron Head, um, you know, or, or on Facebook anywhere on social media or, um, you know, ideology of madness at gmail.com or the ideology of madness hotline. 972-763-5903. That number once again is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise. So I want to make sure that you guys are clear. One, Leave a, a, a leave us a voicemail. You could be on a future episode of this of this show. And two, if you have any ideas, reach out in any of the paths that I just mentioned, and uh, you know, let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about over the you know during the hiatus. Um, uh, you know, if, if you have any questions, any comments, any things that you you know, any uh, suggestions that you guys think, hey, you know, you might want to check this out. Um, you know, uh, we 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 we'll, we'll certainly happy to be happy to keep the Star Trek love going. Um, you know, during that off season, I know, guys, I know everyone's going to want to talk about Justice League and Star Wars during that time period, and we will be talking about those on Funny Books. However, on this show, we're going to kind of keep it to Star Trek. So, if you want us to hear, if you want to hear us talk about more, more about Star Trek, definitely let us know via any of those feeds. And if you're if you're if you're all down for the Star Trek loving. And we know you are. You know, if you're pawn foreign for the Star Trek, mm, yeah, sweet, sweet Star Trek. We have a Star Trek actual play getting ready to hit this space in the next few weeks. We have four episodes in the can so far and uh, uh, all kinds of good stuff coming. So so stay tuned for more Star Trekky goodness. Paul, I want you to I want you to take those crazy pants off and march yourself into into the bathroom right now and get all that crazy cleaned up. That's what I want you to do. <laughs> uh, th- th- I, I I feel like that's inappropriate. Um, <laughs> so, but I will say <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Uh, tune in next week. Share this episode with your friends. It really does us a great deal if you share the links to our episodes and other people, and, Star Trek fans, and- can listen to it. 
And rate us on iTunes. Yeah, rate that us always- on iTunes. Um, you know, if you're on Star Trek message boards, or do people go to message boards? If you're anywhere where you talk to other <laughs> Star Trek fans, uh, you know, please share the link with them. Um, we'd if- be happy to, to, to extend our audience uh, even wider. If you're at the Starbucks, lean over to the guy next to you in line and say, hey, you really ought to be listening to Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. I mean, legit. You see a random dude wearing a disco shirt on the street. Just just tell him. Just uh, hey, and w- w- when you're ordering that coffee and the barista asks you your name, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> my name is IOMGeek.com. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I got I got a mocha frappuccino for Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. <laughs> what what was that name again? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mocha frappuccino for Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. See, that's all it takes, guys. That's all it takes. Just got to get the word out there. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week, or ah. talk to you next week. Whatever. Whatevs. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 